All right. All right. <clears throat> We're live. <clears throat> Hey, it's me, Uncle Pietro. I'm no longer Fonzie this episode for some reason. It's not really explained, but it doesn't matter. I might be Mephisto, though. We'll talk about it during the show. Welcome to the Infinity Watch My gosh, you know, I think we just you're right. We we need to do that every single time. <laughs> just whatever, whatever it is you're thinking in a Fonzie Pietro Quicksilver voice. We're doing it every time. I think. It, yeah, I think it's the new perfect intro. I love it. It's, I love it's it. a very fun voice to do. I'm glad you approve. I 100 percent approve. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. My name is Tommy. I'm here with my co-host, Eric. And uh, clearly I have like a cold or something. I don't know. Um, I might be dead next week from COVID. So maybe it'll pump up the podcast numbers for us a bit. (laughs) Wanda will bring you back. It'll be fine. True. There we go. It'll go well. Yeah, we're joined this week again with our guest, Chris, a.k.a. my brother. Um, I think since WandaVision is a, you know, nine episode thing, uh, we definitely want to have some reoccurring opinions come back. You know, we heard Chris's. Chris's opinion on, I think, episode three, right? Was it episode yeah. three? Yes, indeed. Yeah, so we are now reaching the two-thirds of the way done point uh, in this show. And so we'll we'll see what you're thinking now, uh, kind of a little over halfway through. So welcome. Yeah. Thank you. I love being on this uh, Gingefinity Watch podcast. There you go. There you <laughs> go. Ginger all around. dirty for some reason. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> wow. All right. So I don't, I don't think we asked you this last time because uh, we didn't care about our guests when you were on the show the first time. <laughs> um, what's your relationship with Marvel, Chris? Uh, I mean, I would say like friends with benefits, probably. <laughs> wow. Um, so they get you off then, huh? Right. Yeah. I mean, Endgame did for sure. Um, no, I mean, like I've seen them all other than uh well i've seen a lot i haven't watched uh a few of the tv shows that were on abc that no one watched um but i've seen all the movies quite a few times except for the hulk movie i watched that once and sorry ed (laughs) norton once was enough there um yeah i'm with you on that one yeah but other than that yeah i've seen all of them quite a few times actually just got done re-watching uh Infinity War and Endgame, and uh, like a baby, I cried at the end when, uh, you know, she wants some cheeseburgers, and Happy said he'll get her oh. all the cheeseburgers she wants. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I don't know. It's it's uh, it was not a staple in my life before 2008, and now it's a large part of it. So, well, there you go. Love I it. love it. I love it. What's your uh, what's your favorite one to watch though? Do you have a, a single favorite that you you put on a lot? Uh, no. Um, I don't know. It wouldn't Single be Guardians favorite. for you, Chris? 
Uh, I don't know. I got Chris Pratted out, you know. Like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he, very. It's it's <laughs> ironic or coincidental that him and Jennifer Lawrence were in that movie together uh, because right around that time, I kind of fell out of love with both of them. So, um, oh man, yeah. But I'll tell you what. I just I did say. Wait, what last, movie was he in with Jennifer Lawrence? Oh, I don't know. Some space one. The, oh, I. Re- yep, 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 yep. It's all coming it's back. Not, not yeah. good. Um. I did say on episode three that if you guys had me back, I would watch the animated series of Spider-Woman from, I think, like, 78 or something. I don't know. And I I really gave it the good old college try. I made it through two and a half episodes out of the 16 before I had – it was just – I couldn't do it anymore. That's two and a half more than I would even attempt, so I salute you. I don't recommend it. Were there any lines in the show that – really stuck with you or anything silly at the end of episode one uh, episode one spider woman flies to egypt um in a helicopter because that's what you can do fly from new york to egypt in a helicopter um to rescue spider-man because there's like aliens that have pyramids as spaceships taking over the world anyway uh at the end of that one her um journalist partner says to her I knew I shouldn't have taken you on this trip. It was way too dangerous for a woman. <laughs> oh, cool. And that's when wow, I 70s. was like, you know what? I'm not going to make it through <laughs> <for> this show. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, on Disney Plus, there's a lot of really old Marvel cartoons that you can watch. This one being one of them uh, from, from 1979. And so the reason they made this Spider-Woman cartoon, because Spider-Woman is not like a really big character by any means. Um, even today, made, I can't imagine yeah. she was more popular in the seventies. So basically the reason they made this show, which only lasted for, uh, uh, you know, one year, right. Was because there was a filmation cartoon called web woman that was launched around the same time. And so Marvel comics wanted to make this show so that they could secure their copyright to the character. And so it was basically just a legal thing. They're like, let's make this show, you know, we'll, we'll put out 16 episodes and then call it a day. You know, Stan Lee just got it done. Uh, I, uh, I'm very conflicted about shit like that. Cause I love Marvel, but fuck moves like that. Yeah. I don't know. Seems like it was pretty shitty, but. No one really cares about Spider-Woman anyways too much, unfortunately. True, so. but but the rumor is that Olivia Wilde is d- going to be directing a Spider-Woman movie, and which is is great. I'm sure she'll do great. I do kind of wish she was also acting as Jessica Drew, who is Spider-Woman, but but that's fine. I'm sure she'll cast somebody good, but I that could be uh that could be the moment. That could be a big moment for Spider-Woman, and I hope it is. I yeah, no, hundred percent. I love her as a director. She just fired Shia LaBeouf for being an a-hole. Oh, she yeah. Take, she doesn't take no shit as a director. And she's like, hey, everybody stop being a-holes in Hollywood, um, which everyone is. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I love her as a director. So. Yeah, she directed a film called Booksmart. That's a comedy that I love. It's like a good like coming-of-age kind of comedy movie. Um, that's great. So, yeah. Nice. I, I love very seeing well. all these. What's that? I said that bodes very well. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, and so that's awesome. I'm all about it. Yeah. All righty, let's move over to news because I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about again today. Um, 
we started getting Nielsen ratings back uh, for the time that oh. WandaVision came out. So Nielsen is, is basically television ratings and, and rankings based off of how many people view uh, certain TV shows. And so WandaVision entered into the top 10 for streaming rankings at number six. So that's just for the first two episodes. Wow. Um, so I'm assuming that that's going to go up because those were the least favorite episodes of all of them so far. So yeah. good news uh, for WandaVision. Do you happen to have um, the rest of the list? I'd be curious to hear what beat it out. Um, I do not. <laughs> All right. Uh, what I'm trying to even guess, like people talk about Bridgerton a lot. Would that be above it? Yep. Maybe Bridgerton. Number one, Let's go. Cobra Kai, uh, <sighs> Night Stalker, the hunt for a serial killer, um, Lupin. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, then the first two episodes of WandaVision. <laughs> what? The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? Yeah, it's a Netflix yeah, show. Pretty popular. Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, I've heard of it. I just didn't real. That just seemed like your standard CW style teen oh, drama no. that nobody really gives a shit about. Is it good? So, is it worth it watching? It is good. Wow. It's worth, right. it's worth noting that of the 10, eight of them are from Netflix. Oh, um, wow. That is dominant. Num- yeah, number six is WandaVision. Number 10 is Mandalorian. Hey, okay. <laughs> there you go. I'm glad I could pull that up quickly. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Variety, for that one. Shout out. Um, so, yeah, I'm assuming that those will just go up as the weeks go by um, since I think things the ball's rolling now. It wasn't quite yes, uh, moving as sure. quickly before. All right. Uh, next up. More reports out that our Lord and Savior Kevin Feige is opposed to a hybrid rollout for the Black Widow film. So essentially, he doesn't want it to go out on Disney Plus uh, and in theaters at the same time. And so sources are saying Disney has about four weeks to make a decision about whether they're going to delay Black Widow or not. And all of my money is on delay. I don't see how they're going to release this at all. Yeah, I mean... You probably are right, but, like, Kevin's wrong about this one. Like, very, 100%. very, very wrong. They need to just drop it on Disney Plus, like, yesterday. It's... Nobody's... This movie's gonna tank no matter what, right? But if you release it on Disney Plus, unless you're not confident that it's good, in which case that's a whole nother scenario, but at least if you release it on Disney Plus, like... I feel like more people will see it that way. If you just release it in theaters, it is killing the potential audience, at least in this country, by a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I guess I just don't see what they're... uh... (laughs) I hate that my brain is stuck on this phrase, but I don't see what their end game is here. Like, what's the the goal? Why Why do you need it to be in theaters so fucking bad? Who cares? It does not matter. This stuff drives me crazy. Just drop it. Drop it, Kevin. I know there was a there was a lot of uh, <laughs> I know there was a lot of backlash when HBO Max um, and Warner Brothers announced that they'd be releasing simultaneously with directors and whatnot. Um, but it is interesting to note that if if the pandemic had not happened, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings would have come out yesterday. That is insane, dude. <laughs> and so at this point, we now essentially have a backlog of Marvel Studios films that are complete or near complete that are just waiting for a convenient time to be released so dumb in theaters or online. Literally Dude, it so is, dumb. 
it is not convenient. Like nothing about the world that we are living in right now is convenient. <laughs> like these these people, I don't know if their mansions are so big that they forgot like what the real world is like, but man, nobody's going to see this movie if they release it in theaters and and me being one of them. And also I think the home theater experience has gotten so 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 much better yeah. depending on you know what kind of equipment you have. Like if they started releasing um, movies for like you know thirty bucks just to watch it once, which is cheaper than if you go out to the movie theater buy tickets and get food. I don't think I'd ever go to the theater again. Period. Coronavirus or not, it, except for like very specific cases like Endgame and maybe totally. James Bond movies. Like but even device. the James Bond movie, I think I'd just watch in my basement. I got surround sound. I got a sixty-five inch four K TV. Both of those things are not expensive anymore, um, not like they were ten years ago. And I for can some reason, I, I thought you just said a poor K TV, as in like the Spanish <laughs> phrase "poor K." Oh my god, uh, sinuses no, are moving not. up to your ears. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I get what you're saying, Chris. I guess I don't know. I really enjoy going to the movie theater, um, but I think I'm definitely an outlier in that in that aspect but there's a lot of movies let me let me disagree with you there's a lot of movies i'm not going to the movie theater for right and Is i would much black rather widow watch one of those movies black widow i would love to go to the movie theater for really okay yeah i mean i went to the movie theater like a month ago oh wow and it was a it was a great experience because there was one other person in the theater <laughs> oh, <okay>. and <laughs> and you know it's just like it was it was ten dollars and i was like here we go like i think the thing that i like about a movie theater is you're forced into the immersion of it all. Whereas like, I'll be on my phone, I'll pause it, I'll go get some food, you know? And like, there's something to be said about just like watching it and like just feeling that need to actually turn everything off and actually commit to it that I struggle with at home. That's, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. But, but the, but the, my counter argument would be you could easily just make the decision to do that at home. Right. So, yeah. No. Hundred percent. But, but I mean, I, I mean, I, I get I, it. Um, yeah. I, I I get it too. I think. Yeah. Totally. Different strokes I mean, for different folks, as they say. Yeah. I definitely think like all theaters are not equal too. Right. There's like a few movie theaters where I'm like, fuck that. I'm not seeing any movies there. <laughs> um. But I have a nice movie theater by my house where, like, you know, as long as you're getting a good seat. You don't have to rush there. I don't buy all the concessions and shit. I bring my own in the theater. And I just, you know, I, I walk up there and I'm boom, I'm there. It's like, it's not stressful. And it's not expensive really. Um, and so I just, yeah, I don't know. It's fun. Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah. but still drop it on Disney plus Kevin, you pussy. Yeah. You know, I, I, <laughs> I thought they should have released it on Disney plus a long time ago. Like, obviously we're in a weird situation in a weird time. Like, just release it. We just want this fucking movie. It, yes. You know, it's the same with the. I'm a huge James Bond fan. For people that don't know, that movie has been delayed five times. <laughs> Dude, that is the funniest story in five, cinema in the past like five years. That cracks five me times. up. It's it's unreal too because at this point, they should have just delayed it into 2022 because then it would be the uh, the 60th anniversary of james bond and i was like well you might as well but uh there hasn't been a new james bond movie out in six years that's insane crazy. Did, did you see or or hear that they've now delayed it so many times that they're having to go back and alter like certain product placement deals in the movie because they're out of date already 
It's completely ridiculous. <laughs> completely ridiculous. Dude, that's so Yeah, funny let me get the newest me. phone in here. I mean, you might as well just, I don't know, uh, just release it, you know? Just give right. uh, Bond a Motorola Razor forever and be done with it. That's the coolest phone there ever was and ever will be. I mean, I'm not even going to argue with that. <laughs> Hot right. pink. Hot pink. Yes, that's And it needs sure. to have, like, one of those little hangy, like, jewel things that people would put on it, you know? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I do. Oh, my God. Dude, I kind of forgot oh about that. They look so awful. Holy shit. All right. We need to get through this fucking news. <laughs> um, okay. Emily Van Camp, uh, who <laughs> was in The Winter Soldier, uh, Sharon Carter. She was also in uh, Captain America Civil War. She will be in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and she says it is, quote, a good old-fashioned action series. So I think we're just getting straight Shot, old action, good. just like, you know, we've seen in the previous movies. So if WandaVision's not your thing, this will be classic MCU, it seems. Yeah, lo- love to hear that. I don't really have much to say about it, but I'm, I'm uh, that is ex- what I expected and what I want. So that's uh, that sounds great to me. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's it'll it'll be good. You know, I, I'm a fan of all that stuff, so it's I just give me a variety, and I'm happy. You know. Yeah. I'll take the Wandavision. I'll take the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, an interesting article this week. Tom Holland, our Spider Man, has claimed that the past Spider Man actors quote will not be appearing in Spider Man Three quote unless they have hidden the most massive piece of information from me. Which they do, because he doesn't know how to keep a secret, right? Yeah, I, I'm calling <laughs> bullshit on all of Yeah, this. they are for sure going to be in that movie. He obviously knows, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, this This is just a, it's just a lie. It's just a lie. Yeah, just like, I don't know, it just like seems silly. Yeah. I don't know. I but, mean, but you, hey. but you can't say, I mean, even if everybody already knows, you still can't, you have to say that, so I get it. But why, lie, why even lie, though? Just just don't say anything. I don't know. It just seems so silly. They're just fucking movies. Calm down. Um, <laughs> True. I don't know. I don't know why that's my opinion right now, because I fucking <laughs> love movies. But, but it's um, true. So, Eric, I would I would like to dip my toes into some Star Wars drama. If yes. I may. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-oh, uh-oh. OK, we are going to have to <laughs> tiptoe around some topics here i think if i start raging oh. out calm me down but i'm ready i will i'm i so i won't take a stance here i'm just gonna read some quotes that make themselves <laughs> seem stupid yeah all right so uh mandalorian star yeah gina carano has been fired <laughs> from the mandalorian because she's an idiot true um you know I'm I'm not gonna, wait i just want to i just want to clarify that's you taking no stance <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, I mean, here's the here's here's the deal, right? Okay, if you're ever a famous person, if you're rich and people are paying you absorbent amounts of money, yeah, to do something that anyone can do, like, it's not that hard to not fuck yourself. Yeah. Right. It's and extremely so, like, easy. It's not like she's like some Academy Award winning actress. She's on like the most popular streaming show on a Disney streaming platform, right? Yeah. Like, big gig. That's awesome. Like, why would you even like say stuff at all? Just get off Twitter. Like, it's just there's no point. Yeah. So, um, so we, so if you don't mind, let me clarify for, for the listeners uh, what <laughs> what this is all about here. Um. So this Einstein decided it would be a good idea to get on Twitter and compare being a Republican in Biden's America 
to being a Jew during the Holocaust, which is the craziest, most disrespectful thing, yeah, obviously, you could ever say. Any human person in America in 2021 of any creed, whatever, you are not allowed to compare yourself to a Jewish person during the Holocaust. It's so ignorant of history. It's so disrespectful. It's like it's completely ridiculous. It's completely, completely. ridiculous. How fucking bad do you want to be persecuted, Gina Carano? You fucking moron. Congratulations. <laughs> now you're persecuted for good reason. Because you're the dumbest motherfucker who ever lived. And you deserve guys, to be fired. She landed on her feet. Yeah. She's already got a new gig, man. She's going to be in the next Ben Shapiro movie. Ben Shapiro. Which. Who is Shapiro? That's what I call him because oh I don't gosh. give enough of a crap to learn how to pronounce his name. Okay, can I say a quote that this she said? This wet-ass P-word. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's my favorite oh Ben my Shapiro God. quote. Okay, so. Uh, fuck him, Kira, too, Kira, if it's not clear. So Gina Carano said, The Daily Wire is helping make make one of my dreams to develop and produce my own film come true. I cried out and my prayer was answered. I am sending out a direct message of hope to everyone living in fear of cancellation by the totalitarian mob. I have only just begun using my voice, which is now freer than ever before. And I hope it inspires others to do the same. They can't cancel us if we don't let them. Well, I mean, something she said there is true before she did this. Hiring her for her voice cost money, and now it is freer than ever before because <laughs> nobody wants her on any show. True, like, except oh, man. Eric and I were talking about this earlier this week at work, and it was just like if you, Disney is paying you so much money, all you ha- literally all you have to do shut the fuck is up. shut up. It's just well, you know up. it's so the funny easy. Thing, is that John Favreau stuck stuck his neck out uh, stuck, well, stuck his neck out for her? Uh, she had uh, she had posted some stuff that was basically just like bullshit, right? It just like wasn't true propaganda shit, and he basically like he he stood up for her and was like, just give her a chance. Like they talked to her about it. Like, hey, don't post all this bullshit that is clearly bullshit. <laughs> and then she still fucked it up. Yeah. It just just really silly. Just all around. You're an idiot. And now that you're doubling down on your own idiocracy, you're just even dumber. So Yeah. I mean then, the good news is nobody is going to care about or see whatever new Ben Shapiro flick that she is uh gonna be in. So whatever. She yeah. Whatever. Right. That is one of those movies I won't see in theaters, I would just like <laughs> to point out. Um and by theaters I mean ever <laughs> any medium yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wait, here, wait, uh, wait. Before we move on, um, thoughts for uh, who's going to get the recast? Um, or are, or do you think they kill off the character? I don't think they do. I think they recast. You know, I don't really like her as a character. I thought the I character was fine. Uh, what, what Lu- Lucy Lawless? No, What's she's isn't she? Oh no, she's no, she's sick. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down for that's Xena, right? Zena, the lady that played yes, Zena. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I was Ron thinking of a different Swanson's, person. Uh, Ron Swanson's significant other in uh, Parks and Rec. Wait, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's her? Yeah. Holy shit. You know, I didn't realize until I watched Jeopardy this week that Zena the Warrior Princess was a 
spinoff of Hercules. Yeah. Starring Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. An idiot as well. Um, <laughs> but we won't get into that. There is going to be at least one or two people just fucking fuming if they're still listening <laughs> the last like four or five minutes. But you know, you're probably dumb if, too. If you're mad about our comments on the actress that plays Cara Dune in Mandalorian, <laughs> then really reevaluate what's important in your life because it's so <laughs> fucking dumb. Okay. Uh, and let's move on. All oh, right. man. I'm not planning on cutting any of that out. Oh, Please boy. don't. I, I will stand by that until the day I die. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> wow. I'm trying to just like redirect my mind at this point. <laughs> and I'm having trouble. Having trouble. Are you, do you right, sell more are, news? That that was my news. Do you have some more Star Wars news? Uh, yeah, I do us? have one more thing that I was going to bring Ooh, up yeah. the Cara Dune thing. But I, I do want to mention that it was uh, announced that the upcoming Ahsoka series will be directed exclusively by John Favreau and Dave Filoni, which is like music to my fucking ears because those two guys are the goats of directing Star Wars shows. And uh, Dave Filoni, if anybody doesn't know, he's kind of the mastermind and showrunner behind um, both Clone Wars and Rebels. So he, I'm quite sure, created Ahsoka. And even if he didn't, he by far knows more about that character than anyone else alive. And John Favreau's just kind of a god, so that I I got way more excited for. Uh, I was already stoked, but um, the fact that it's just going to be those two tag teaming it for the whole season is uh, really exciting for me. I think that's going to be awesome. The fact that oh, it's John, yeah. John Favreau makes you oh. happy. Nah, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I it don't does. get it. Oh man. Wow. No, I mean, that's great news for any Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like that. The, the only my only concern with all of this stuff, right, with the Marvel shows, with the with the Star Wars shows is like, I'm afraid they're going to start spinning off too much and they're not going to put enough attention on the spinoffs. But like hearing that makes me feel a lot better. I yeah. just I want the quality to be consistent. Right. And I just, you know. Yeah, I don't want them to just be creating shit to create more shit because I feel like it always just ends up being derivative. But if both those guys are doing that, then I'm all all aboard. So, yeah, yeah, I think there's there's just so much talent right now, just like everywhere in every aspect that I feel like I'm kind of I see where you're coming from with that, but I'm kind of the opposite, like. Make as much as, as as you want, Disney, I feel like, because it's like even if 80% of it is good, that's still unreal. Like that's still that's such a crazy yeah. success rate. So and and I feel like that's uh I mean I if less than 80% of it is good, I feel like they'd stop doing it. You know what I mean? So it's like uh that yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm doubt fucking spin off the spin-offs. I, I want it. <laughs> I mean, we have we have a new Star Wars film produced by Kevin Feige coming out at some yes, point. That's right? about so, to be nuts, probably. And so I, I'm just, you know, Mandalorian, you know, it it uh, was a breath of fresh air within the Star Wars universe. Yeah. And so I'm I'm happy for more of that because I feel like the the new sequels just overall bad taste in the mouth at and, a high level. And I feel like they need to, uh, you know, give give new directors a chance to like 
if you look at you know bringing J.J. Abrams to do to do Star Wars, and it was like it was okay, it was fine, whatever. But you look at like the Rocky series, for example, that was over and done with. Everyone thought the last three movies were awful, and they bring in relative unknowns, Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler, and I mean. Look what happened there. So bringing some like yeah. new talent, people who are passionate about that subject matter more so than just big names, and I think it can really reinvigorate things. Yeah. Did you just insult Rocky Four? I did, didn't I? Okay, what? fine. The last two, five, okay, and, five okay. and Balboa, five and Balboa were awful. I was, I was about to say, uh, you know, Dolph Lundgren did a great job. I will break you. I that I love that movie. I don't care what anyone says. I love that yeah. movie. Uh, but yeah, Creed, amazing film. Um, yeah. We need to talk about this WandaVision episode because I feel like we're an hour in and we have not even gotten there yet. So WandaVision, episode six, titled an all new Halloween spooktacular. And so um, I'll give a high level overview, then we'll jump around. Um, this is like a Malcolm in the Middle style episode. I'm not sure if we really kind of skipped a decade. We're kind of like. 90s 2000s but Malcolm in the Middle came out in the 2000s so I'm not sure what happened there because we were kind of going decade by decade but it's not quite clear um basically it's it's Halloween in the town of Westview um Billy and Tommy are are going out to go trick-or-treating um and they are going with their uncle Pietro and hey uncle Pietro Oh and basically, uh, we get a look at everyone in their classic comic costumes. And Billy and Tommy, uh, they get superpowers this episode. Yeah, super awesome. And Vision tries to exit the hex. I'd say that's the high-level overview of this episode. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah, well, Vision uh, all, tries to exit the, the hex um, because he is further unraveling the... The, the bullshit that that Wanda is setting up for him, um, he kind of snuck away and is is slowly learning that uh, it's all kind of an act and and nothing is is really real inside inside the hex. Yeah, the suspicions have come full circle at this point. Yes. Um, so maybe maybe let's jump right into that and we we can bounce around it in different parts of the episode. Um, uh, let's see, Wanda, Wanda expects vision, you know, to go out trick or treating with the boys. She has him dress up in like a very cheesy looking version of his normal suit. Um, and he thinks it kind of looks like a luchador, but it's, it's just like a shitty vision costume essentially. <laughs> um, he tells her that he's on neighborhood watch duty, which she finds out later he lied. Um, and he basically starts walking around town and kind of walking towards the end of edge of town, just, I think, trying to figure out exactly what the heck's going on. Um, but one thing we notice is that as he walks towards the edge of town, people aren't really moving normally or moving at all. There was They're um, like stuck in a in a very short loop almost. Yeah, there was like a couple and like the one lady was trying to put up like dry cleaning clothes uh, or not just a clothes on like a clothespin. And the husband was putting like a like a pumpkin down, but they just kept going in a loop back and forth. And and we actually see the woman crying, but she just is stuck yeah. in this loop the whole time. Real creepy. And we also see uh, we see Agnes, who is in her Volvo wagon, um, 
She is dressed in a witch's hat, and she is also crying and semi-frozen. Um, she also has she... like old, older woman hair, so she's an older witch, which is what Agatha Harkness is. And then she laughs at one point, and it is like, it is like hocus pocus witch laughter. It is so maniacal, and uh, I don't know. I, in when I was here for uh, episode three. I threw out the Agnes is Agatha Harkness uh, theory, and this this basically just cemented that as being true in my mind. I don't even care if the next three episodes are titled Agnes is not Agatha Harkness 1, 2, and 3. I'm always <laughs> going to believe it. The Chris McGraw theorem is what we call it on this podcast. Um, let, let's, let's jump right into that because I have a quote from her as well. And so as Vision moves towards the outer limit of town um people aren't even moving in a loop they're just not moving at all and if they are moving it's it's very barely noticeable so he gets rid of the facade of his little halloween costume becomes the vision we know him as right you know not the human one the synthesoid he flies up super high in the hex and he sees a car sitting right at the edge of town with its lights on it's not moving and that's agnes's car and as chris said she is dressed up as an old witch, and she seems confused. She doesn't know where she's at. She was looking for the town square, which she knows where that's at. You know, she wouldn't be lost. She's just confused. So Vision releases her from kind of the whole spell of all of this, like he, he did with Norm in the past episode. And this is what she says. She says, you, you're one of the Avengers. You're Vision. Are you here to help us? And Vision replies, but then at one, at one point he says, but what's an Avenger? So Vision has no idea what an Avenger is at this point. He knows he's Vision, but he's confused that she's calling him an Avenger. Yeah. To which Agnes then says, am I dead? Because you are. And then she says dead like six times. She's like, dead, 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 dead. She says, no one leaves. Wanda won't even let us think about it. All is lost. And that's when she breaks into that really, really creepy, creepy laugh. Yeah. Real weird. The whole... The whole scene was really fucked. It just like, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm confused. I would love to hear what you guys think. Like, I think she's Agatha Harkness for sure. But I'm wondering if maybe Agatha Harkness in this situation was maybe trying to help Wanda with, you know, what she was going through. And like, because she's a witch, mm. right? She knows witchcraft and how to like maybe help train and control these things. I'm wondering if maybe she was trying to help Wanda and she got sucked into all of this. I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts? That's a good Man. theory. That's a good theory. I, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I'm probably more confused than ever after this episode. Um, part of me, part of me thinks initially when I saw that, I kind of felt like that was an elaborate act for Vision's benefit. I don't think she yeah. really was frozen. Yep. I yeah. completely agree with you, Eric. I think that Agnes is way more sinister than... I don't think she's trying to help anybody. I think, um, she, that, yeah, her acts are way more sinister than that. And she is just kind of, like, playing... She's like the the queen in this game of chess and everyone else is a pawn. She's on the board, but she is way more powerful than everybody else. Um, 
And so, that's my, my thoughts. I guess a question for you both, too, is there's two people that have really, like, truly acknowledged that they understand what's going on in this world, and that's or that's Herb and Agnes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw again in this episode, Herb asks Wanda if she wants anything changed. And it was this very matter of fact. And I guess I'm what is the significance of those two characters? I mean, we got this whole Agatha Harkness thing going on with with Agnes. But why why does Herb seem to know what's going on? Why in that previous episode, Herb and Agnes were hanging out together? It just there's something going on between those two as well that I think is really interesting and, and a big question mark. Hmm. Yeah. The Herb thing does have me confused because I don't think Herb is is uh, Mephisto. Um, I have another theory in regards to that. But, um, but uh, yeah, so the Herb thing, it's just like that's throwing me for a loop. Is it something that they are including to like throw people off? um to make it you know just is his characters there to be confusing um and kind of throw people off the scent of who really is mephisto um or is he something more sinister as well i don't know yeah i my theory about herb is um so i get the sense that all the people in the town know what is happening and they know it's Wanda's at the center of it somehow. And I, I, in my mind, I just kind of assumed that that little bit with Herb was subconsciously or subconsciously Wanda is basically making the town do her bidding at all times and they all know it. So I'm wondering if maybe they're like, we like this is just our life now maybe we need like maybe a bit of stockholm syndrome it's like maybe we need to be nice to wanda and she'll let us go or or maybe if they're aware of like the decade uh ramp up maybe they're like maybe we just need to get this to fucking modern day and we'll be good so i don't know i don't know super strange though just lots of Lots of questions, lots of, of theories, and I don't know. It, it was just like another little part that I, I really liked in this episode. Um, I think my number one favorite part of this episode was the commercial, which oh. I thought was super, super, super fucked up. Um, it looked like uh, one of those like 90s, 2000s claymation commercials, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Nickelodeon. Like Capri Sun um, or something. Yeah, they yeah. captured they captured the aesthetic of it fucking perfectly. Um, but it was it was called Yo Magic and it was yogurt. So you see like a claymation guy on an island and then a shark with like sunglasses comes up and hands him uh, a yogurt cup of Yo Magic. Um, but the man on the island is desperate to eat the yogurt, but he can't open the seal on the Yo Magic yogurt and then literally just slowly withers and dies trying to eat Yo Magic. <laughs> and it the commercial's so fast, but like it stuck with me. It was like kind of dark. I I don't know. Like it's it's like is everyone in the town slowly withering and dying while she's making it all seem like they're not or something? I don't know. Or is she slowly withering and dying while she creates this facade of magic? I think. I mean, so also in this episode, right? Um, 
Rambo gets tested and she's got some shit going on because she's been in there a couple of times. And these people have been in the hex the entire time. So if Rambo's got problems because she went in there for, you know, just a bit, these other people could easily be dying because, you know, yo magic her magic is is killing them slowly. So I don't think yeah. I, I I don't think I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I don't think it's because she was in there. I think it's because she passed through the barrier. I think it was specifically yeah. the act of passing through the barrier that that messed her up. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So if if you pass through the hex, basically. Uh, your cells are getting rewritten on a molecular level. And so for her, that's happened twice. And so they just say it's changing her somehow. They don't say exactly what, um, but she's keen on going back. She said at one point there was a throwaway line that seemed way more important than what they really seemed it to be. She says, my way back into the hex will be here in an hour. What is she talking about? I I was so confused by that because they're right by the border, right? She could run in if she wanted to i'm sure um and so who's coming in an hour to help maria rambo get back into the hex i thought that was really strange yeah i was kind of surprised they didn't have whoever she was referring to show up in this episode yeah i i feel like maybe it was in a trailer or something but there's a shot of this heavily armored vehicle driving full speed into the hex and i've got to imagine that's the that's her her ride but i but i mm-hmm. I, I guess that's i i'm not expecting it to be like a big name i'm i'm just expecting it to be like a sword tech interesting and so i guess we should probably note that director hayward has basically kicked darcy Wu, and maria rambo off the base a bunch of sword soldiers grab them and remove them However, once they're kind of out of sight of that main building, um, uh, Agent Wu and Maria Rambo kick their asses. Dude, this was this was actually my favorite part of the episode. I laughed out loud. I just I just <laughs> fucking love Darcy so much because these two didn't communicate at all. They just when they were far enough away, they just took down the guards or whatever. And Darcy just goes, "Why didn't anyone tell me the plan?" And I found that so fucking funny. I don't know why, but. You know, like that scene made me kind of question whether they had a relationship before, because it just seemed like Wu and Rambo just were so in sync with each other that it just made me question whether like we weren't really told the full story of how they met and everything. I don't know. Or if like they have some secret mission to try and figure out what's going on at Sword. I don't know. I just thought it was so strange how like they got walked out by these soldiers then immediately like started kicking their asses yeah i mean maybe i just read it as more they probably just nodded to each other off screen or something yeah that's probably what it is i think i'm just overly suspicious of everything (laughs) in the show at this point fair enough yeah (laughs) i'm looking for like literally things in in anything like there was a there was like an article written about last week's episode where a reflection of Pietro's hand looks red. So maybe he's the devil. And now like Pietro says some stuff in, uh, in this episode that makes, you know, makes him seem like he could be Mephisto. Um, like, so I was going to say, can, can we go to 
Can we go to the, like what I think is probably the most telling lines between Pietro and his sister? I have I have a little transcript here I want to read, which I think will go into what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, because earlier on in the episode, I had written down, does anyone else find it suspicious that last episode is when Vision mentioned that there's no other children in Westview, but now we have an episode where we see a shit ton of them. And so that was that was my thought at the beginning. But mm-hmm. then there's a conversation between Pietro and Wanda, and it goes like this. Pietro says, where were you hiding the kids until now? I assume they were all just sleeping peacefully in their beds. No need to traumatize beyond the occasional holiday episode cameo, am I right? You were always the empathetic twin. Hey, don't get me wrong. You've handled the ethical considerations of this scenario as best as you could. Families and couples stay together. Most personalities aren't far off from what's underneath. People got better jobs, better haircuts for sure. To which Wanda asks, you don't think it's wrong? And he responds, you kidding? I'm impressed. Seriously, it's a big leap from giving people nightmares and shooting <laughs> and shooting red wiggly woos out of your hand. <laughs> How'd you even do all of this? Hey, and uh, so he asked her that and he says, hey, I'm not some stranger. I'm not your husband. You can talk to me. And so this is the last line here. It, Wanda says, I don't know how I did it. I only remember feeling completely alone, empty, endless nothingness. And the moment she turns back to her brother, she sees him as he's dead in Age of Ultron. Yeah, the same way that she saw Vision with his skull bashed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that same kind of effect, which made me change my opinion on... I now think maybe Vision is alive. And I think that uh, I don't I don't know if Wanda is actually reanimating. Uh, basically, previously, I thought that like he always looked like that and Wanda was putting a sheen over it. I now don't think that I think that he probably just looks normal. And also because he almost made it out of the hex and he still looked normal. He didn't look dead. Um, so I guess I took, I took him as not like getting pulled back into the hex as in he isn't real. All that's left of him is his little bits and parts that she stole from the sword facility. And the moment that his cape started becoming disconnected from the hex, he started getting ripped apart because he's actually not real and he is dead. Interesting. Yeah. I, I go. That's how I took it too. Okay. Yeah. I no. Yeah. I, I guess I didn't, uh, I just kind of saw it as you are not fucking allowed to leave. And unless Wanda says you're allowed to leave and vision is the last person who she would ever let leave. Cause this whole thing is for their benefit. Um, Cause there was a, there was a quote, I think in the last episode or something like that about vision said, we can leave whenever we want. And she's like, she basically said, no, like this is for us. And so when you watch the clip of him trying to leave, he's able to step out beyond the barrier, but his cape is still connected to it. And so I don't think Vision's able to be alive in the real world because he's not alive at all. And only thing that's left of him is the bits that were left after he was killed. And so the only reason that he appears alive is because he's part of the hex. That that was the, the at least the way I saw it, I guess. Interesting. Do you, think, do you think Pietro's alive or do you think that's... I mean, she did because she had Vision's body. She did not have Pietro's body. So uh, that makes me wonder: okay, so, who is he? If he's not Pietro, 
you know, some of the things he says in this episode, like, damn it, if Westview isn't charming as hell, like he knows what hell is like. Oh, um, wow. Like, you know, like, and then does he just pull that same sort of a thing to kind of throw her off um, as as Vision did? Not that Vision did, but like the, the same sort of deal there where he looks dead. Um, yeah. I really, I really think, you know, we still haven't seen Agnes's husband um agnes we are i already know how i feel about her i really think that pietro is not pietro yeah at all same well they, they even they even have like a little brief conversation where wanda goes what happened to your accent and pietro says well what happened to yours she mm-hmm. says details are fuzzy man i got shot like a chump in the street for no reason at all the next th- next thing i know i heard you calling me i knew you needed me do you have the quote tom of where Pietro said why, like what his purpose was, basically. Oh, He's, I know what you're he talking about. He said something about. like, yeah, you wanted me here to, like, you know, cause cause a little drama, shake things up, we'll look after the kids. And it was something, it, it, it was something like that. But, um, but if, if, so if I could go into my Pietro theory. Yeah, let's hear it, man. I agree with Chris wholeheartedly that Pietro is Mephisto currently. And I think the reason for the uh, the uh, look change is it's going to be similar to um, the way Doctor Strange looked into like a hundred thousand different futures or whatever. I'm I feel like Mephisto just dipped into like infinite universes and was like, yeah, it's, it's Pietro. We'll just grab this one, and that's how they're going to explain the. Uh, the difference that he just grabbed from like the wrong, <laughs> the wrong universe. And he's just kind of uh, like control. I think he, he is clear. I don't know if he is Pietro or if he's controlling Pietro, but I definitely feel like Pietro is either Mephisto or a, a puppet of, of Mephisto. Cause yeah, he really, I mean, I feel like they were really laying it on thick that one, he is not, being influenced by wanda in any way it seems like clearly um unless wanda yeah, really he even said uh, he even said to the kids he says unleash hell demon spawn oh right wow yeah and in the comics those kids are his spawn so there we go dang yeah 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 that's i mean i'm i'm super sold on I, I guess my only question is if that what is the true explanation going to be of why he's Evan Peters? But um, so they even have a conversation about that. No, no, I have so many notes from this episode. Um, Pietro says, hey, it's cool. I know I look different. And Wanda says, why do you look different? And he says, you tell me. I mean, if I found Shangri-La, I wouldn't want to be reminded of the past either. And so he's saying that he looks different because she doesn't want to see her actual dead brother in this fake fantasy world because it would just be more reminders of the past. And so maybe him looking different helps her be with Pietro, but not be with the grief of Pietro, if that makes sense. It makes sense, but I'm, but yeah, I'm I'm calling bullshit on that. I think, I think it's going to be explained as an oopsie by Mephisto like fuck i grabbed the wrong one <laughs> because if that were he true it up. if that were true then why would vision look the same 
Yeah, um, no, I mean, that's fair. Um, another little Easter egg I thought was cool is Wanda at some point says kick ass, um, <laughs> yeah. which is uh, a reference to the film kick ass, which starred both Aaron Taylor Johnson and Evan Peters, both the actors that play Quicksilver. And so I thought that was a little cool uh, Easter egg thrown in there. Yeah. Um, can, can we talk about the, I guess, I don't know if there's really all that much to say. I just thought it was cool the watching the, the twins get their powers, uh, speed, was it speed and Wiccan? And, yep, uh, speed and Wiccan, particularly yep. Wiccan when, when he gets his powers was super badass cause speed is running around at like a million miles an hour and Wiccan just like put his hand out and just very casually just stop use his magic to stop him. And uh, I thought that was fucking awesome. And then he heard the cries of uh, who he believes to be his father vision. And um, that's how, that's how we get to the point where like he runs up to Wanda and he's like, mom, dad's in trouble. And then we actually didn't even talk about this. The, the next thing that happens and kind of the way the episode ends is um, Wanda asks Wiccan to focus and it's like, where, like, where's your dad? And I think he said, he's like, he's near the edge or he's like trying to leave or something like that. And so Wanda's solution to this is to expand the hex by like a fair amount. It seems like. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It starts moving super fast, yeah. you know? Um, and like, so at this point, the moment that she realizes where he's at, um, Wanda goes full Scarlet Witch is what I'm calling yeah, it. Yeah. And she stops everyone in town. Her eyes turn that crazy red, right? And she, yeah, the, the, the word of the heck starts going like crazy. So, um, we see this montage, uh, first of all, Darcy gets stuck in the hex, which is crazy. Um, we don't see what happens to her, but basically the entire base turns into like an out of town circus. Um, like a helicopter turns into a hot air balloon. Um, all these sword agents and sword soldiers turn into clowns from the circus and things like that. Um, and basically the entire base gets sucked up into the hex. Um, so Hayward and a few of his people make out, make it out alive. Um, but it doesn't seem like really anyone else does. Did you guys think it was weird that it turned into a circus considering that we're in like the two thousands now? And circuses seem like, you know, so Wizard of Ozzy time period. Like, are we going to go it's, back in it time? It seemed like now? we went backwards in time. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, Amelia pointed out, too. She said, do you think it's, yeah, she said the same thing. She's like, do you find it weird that they were turning into clowns like it was a circus? It just didn't match with the time era, really. Yeah. I thought, again, maybe, but I, I interpreted that more as just like, these guys are fucking clowns. They're, they were, they had no shot at stopping this. They clearly have no shot now. And so the it's like uh, a magical insult. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like they're they're clowns in the circus. Like, yeah, that's that's how I took it. And and like there are still, I mean, I, I there definitely aren't many. Like there are certainly theme parks still around, but I know what you mean. There's not many like circus circuses, but there are like parking lot circuses and shit like that all, all the time. So I I think it I think it could carnivals, work. yeah, carnivals stuff. and shit. Yeah, and yeah. I suppose it's still like the 90s, early 2000s, so maybe, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Um, and I, I guess it gives a good explanation, too, for it's like it's far out of town, so it's like that's where the circus would be, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Um, did Mon- did I, uh, Monica Rambo and 
and uh, what's his name? Jimmy Woo. Uh, yep. Did they get out? I know Darcy did not make it out. But did yeah, Woo Woo and Rambo made it okay, out. Okay, but fine. Darcy's in the hex now, though. Darcy's in the hex, and yeah, we I don't know what happened that. to her, but she's in there. Nice. So there, we'll see. There's also this theory that I read online that is uh, is interesting, and it's that, um, and I don't know how true this is. It 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 basically was using the hex as a way. You know, the hex changes people. And we haven't experienced mutants in the MCU yet, um, except for I mean, now we got Pietro. You know, he was an X Men. Uh, is Wanda changing these people? Is it going to end up turning them into mutants? And is this the way that mutants are introduced into the MCU? Oh. Which I mean, it's going out on a limb, but I thought it was kind of. It's got to happen somehow, yeah, right? Yeah, worth mentioning. Very sure. plausible, I think. I mean, we have both the children are now their their X Men powered characters, yep, right? Yep. Wiccan and Speed. We got both Pietro and Wanda, um, and so who knows? You know, uh, we have uh, we have Maria Rambo. Obviously, something's going on with her. Um, I, I would like to talk about too, just director Hayward. What the fuck's going on there? He seems to be extremely anti-superpowered people. Um, he seems to have been very affected by what happened during the five years of Thanos uh, snapping and then the unsnapping. Um, and he had been hiding from the entire crew that he basically can see through the boundary of the hex. Um, he is tracking the decay signature of vibranium, which is just what's left of vision. Um, and he essentially can get an accurate head count of how many people are in the hex and their general well-being. Um, and so there's a lot of big question marks there. He's obviously just like a shitty person. I'm not sure if he's kind of like the side antagonist of like, you know, big, you know, organization and them having their own agendas and whatnot. Um, but he's clearly hiding something. And, and Darcy was finding some stuff hidden behind several firewalls. Um, that Hayward was hiding in. And I wonder what that's going to lead to as well, because I'm assuming we're going to get some payoff there. Yeah, I yeah, I totally no longer think he is Mephisto, but I still do think he's just kind of a piece of shit. Um, but also, I would totally believe, I mean, if the explanation is just uh, the Avengers in combination with th this alien killed half of all life for five years yeah that would probably make me hate everything superpower too like yeah i I, to I don't know i can't uh if that's his reasoning of just like you don't know what it was like like half of all life disappeared that is fucking bonkers that would be the craziest thing to live through and uh, that would that would plant some deep-seated resentment inside me for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you had to choose between being snapped and not being snapped, 100% snap, snap yeah. please. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. No question. Yeah, because, like, the worst-case scenario is with Maria Rambo. She lost her mom while she was gone. And then and then it's like, I don't know. That's If that's the worst-case scenario of being snapped, like, I don't know. Like, and, and who knows, you know, maybe he lost his family. Look what happened. 
to Hawkeye. He went completely nuts, and so I I totally get yeah. that. the the only The only problem I have with it is like. First we had Shield, which you know is this organization that ended up being evil, and now we have Sword. Yeah, and it's this like, guy who's clearly it's like evil. really like, <laughs> did you just like rewrite? Did Aaron Sorkin come up with this? He just rewrote stuff he used in the past. Like seriously, it just it just go. seems like inside a little, baseball right there. I yeah, love it. yeah. Um, it's just like a little too like oh big bad corporation called Shield. Now there's a big bad organization called Sword. It's like <laughs> it kind of makes but, sense to me though. It's like we always try with the best intentions to create these things that are supposed to help facilitate something, right? These big organizations. But like at the end of the day, you know, agendas become agendas and really the good that they were intended to do ends up not really being that great. Right, like with the Shield? Sokovia Accords or the United Nations, right? Like, there's bad shit going on everywhere, but they can't really do too much good a lot of the time. But Shield was like pretty much Hydra, so like, was it ever intended to do good? I don't know. Well, no, I mean, Shield was good. It just got infiltrated, which was yeah, the problem. When, so uh... that was like a straight up attack. It wasn't Shield's fault. It was really just like it got you know bad people targeted them and and won. Because didn't Peggy Carter and Howard Stark technically start? what became shield it, it used yeah, to be yeah. a different so this is, this organization but what is it strategic scientific reserve yeah, or whatever yeah. it's called i can't remember yeah yeah so i i think um, they yeah i think the intention was to to be good but yeah no i i but, totally i see what you're saying yeah we just we've just seen this movie before so like Make it a little different is my yeah. is my. Uh, that's how that's how I thought. feel if they are about to bring in the Infinity Stones again. I'm gonna be so annoyed if all of this is Infinity Stone shenanigans. I don't think it will be. I don't know. I, I guess like I feel like they'll always be somewhat connected since obviously Vision had the Infinity Stone in his head. But I don't know. At least Chris, with what what you're saying, I'm glad that at the very beginning when we first got introduced to to Sword and Hayward. That it was like, oh, hey, you only got this job because literally no one else was around. And so it's like, of course, he's an inept piece of shit. Like, he didn't even deserve to be the head of this organization. And so even from the beginning, they were basically saying, like, this guy's an idiot. Yep. Totally. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm trying to think. I had a question for you guys. Um Wanda explains her Halloween costume as it being a Sokovian fortune teller, which is a, a little detail I actually really enjoyed. Um, but I, for one, like, if this episode didn't convince me that she needs to have a more Scarlet Witch-looking outfit, then I don't know what would. I just loved it. I loved it the whole time. Um, I loved, like, the little headpiece. I thought she looked great. Um, and, I, like, especially at the end when she kind of goes full Scarlet Witch, I just I love the fact that she was wearing that. It just I I know it's not like perfectly practical, but I feel like you could find some middle ground there and I really liked the costumes. What were your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I agree. It certainly helps that Elizabeth Olsen is absolutely gorgeous. I'm sure the the costume department does not have a difficult time. Um but yeah, I uh, the 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 issue is that i'm i just don't know if something i feel like what they currently have is the best you could translate it to not make it seem absolutely ridiculous <laughs> like like i think uh 
the the big headdress or whatever i feel like that would be too much i i like her um I, I like her current uh, like Scarlet Witch outfit, the one that she's wearing when she leaves the hex. I feel like that's I yeah. feel like that's fine. I feel like if it was like too bright and too, if it was more like the Halloween costume, I think it would be too goofy. I, I don't think it would work for me. So yeah. like, I guess I was thinking like in the context of the next Doctor Strange movie, like Doctor Strange's outfit is ridiculous. Like yep. in, in all regards. And so it's like maybe just take her outfit that she's normally wearing, like you mentioned, and just add a little headdress thing on there. Oh, I'd be so happy. I'd be so happy. So I think I wouldn't call Doctor Strange's outfit ridiculous. I think Doctor Strange becomes, you know, Doctor Strange in a place that has um, outfits that are more uh, like ridiculous. No, <laughs> there is. There is a, you know, like Nepalese culture is way different than like, you know, what what we're seeing in in the U.S. It's like if if Wolverine in the X-Men movies had that crazy yellow and blue mask thing, it's like that that would just look ridiculous just because they're it's a modernized version of the comics. And and I, I agree with Eric that I think like having that headdress, I mean, like, I don't care either way, to be honest with you, but I think it would look a little out there yeah i think they would have to work really really hard to give a reason for it that i would buy and if they don't do that i'd just be like what the fuck is this (laughs) oh my y'all need to dare to dream just gotta just gotta accept how great it is i love it i don't know i'm all in on the headdress 100 percent. i mean we might we might get it we might get it I have a feeling we'll never see it again. That's just my my prediction. But I thought it was fun. Like even the kids, like uh, Billy, had basically what looks like the comic accurate Wiccan costume on. Yeah. Um, Tommy was just Quicksilver essentially uh, with his uncle, but it it was nice seeing everyone's like classic costumes in this episode, even though they were a little bit silly. Um, it was just like it's nice when they're able to fit it in somehow. Yeah. Right. Just a little nod to the comics. I so. hope so much that either Quicksilver or Speed actually stays around in the universe because it is crazy that the MCU's been around for so long and there's not, like, a speedster. I feel like that's such a classic superpower that the MCU has just completely ignored. Um, Obviously, The Flash is super popular, one of the most popular DC heroes, and I think... I think super speed has so many interesting avenues that you can go with it that the MCU has not explored because it wasn't explored literally at all in age of Ultron. Um, yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. That was like my one complaint about age of Ultron is I was so excited to see super speed. Yeah, he did just be an element it. of all these movies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and actually I prefer, um, I much prefer the, Age of Ultron to literally any X-Men movie, but um, I what I do prefer from the X-Men movie is the way that Evan Peters' Quicksilver scenes were always interpreted. It's like, how the fuck does Aaron Taylor Johnson catch a bullet? You have super speed. What do you... That doesn't make any fucking sense. Whereas uh, Evan... Right. Evan... What's his fucking name? Evan what? Evan, Evan Peters. Peters. Uh, yep. 
his version of Quicksilver, like the effect is he's moving. So he essentially is, if you know anything about, I won't get into it, but if you know anything about uh, the flash, there's this thing called the speed force. It's not as if the flash is running millions of miles an hour. It's he kind of enters this alternate reality a little bit in in the speed force. And that's how he's so fast. And that's kind of how they interpreted it in the X-Men movies with Evan Peters version of Quicksilver, which I enjoyed much more because it's almost like he can see everything frozen, essentially, and just move throughout it at his leisure. And that's like the best part of those movies, like especially Dark Phoenix. I watched that for the first time last night. Oh my God, what a steaming pile (laughs) of dump. But like those parts of those movies are the best parts of those movies. And to go back to the Age of Ultron thing, yeah, like Quicksilver gets shot three times, I think. But earlier in the movie, he gets shot at and he puts the bullets on like a table or something. So it's like, (laughs) it's like, what? How does he get shot one time and and not the other? And so, yeah, it is a little, little out there. No, if you have super speed, you should never catch a bullet in under any circumstance for any reason. Yeah. Um, I think like the, the, for me with super speed in movies, I think the only problem is that like you kind of write yourself into a corner in some ways, but yeah, cause the you thing I like about Quicksilver versus flash is like Quicksilver is not that fast right. compared right. to flash. Flash is like unreal. Whereas I think like Quicksilver is only like a few hundred miles an hour, which is still fucking fast, yeah, yeah. but like you can't like, you know, go back in time and like change. Well, he does go back in time at one point, I think, actually. Yeah. But no, but I, but know, I do think like that is the big finding balance. Yeah, I do think that is the big difference. It's like w- w- when Quicksilver enters his whatever fake M, there is no MCU's version of the Speed Force, but I'm pretending like there is for the sake of this conversation. But like when Quicksilver enters his version of the Speed Force, you can still see the rest of the world slowly moving around you. Time hasn't literally stopped. When the Flash does it, he can run the length of the world in like one second. So so yeah, the Flash is way more overpowered than Quicksilver was. And I think that is uh, the right move, like you said, because... Yeah, at some point, super speed solves literally every problem if you can go fast enough. So you can't have you can't right. have that. So I guess the, the my last question: Are we getting a Young Avengers? Yes, movie yes, soon? for sure. But it won't star those two kids. They'll they'll uh, cast two older actors for sure. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent agree with that one for sure. But yes, we are definitely getting Young Avengers. There's no doubt in my mind. We got a Kate Bishop being trained up by Hawkeye. We got uh, Wiccan and Speed. Yeah, Young Avengers is coming. That? Ironheart. What about that kid from Iron Man 3? Is he going to be in it? No, fuck that kid. Oh. Why was he at the funeral if he's not going to have a Yeah, bigger... they might throw him in Armor Wars or, or Ironheart. Either either one. They could. They could. And then we also got, um, what is it, America Chavez, I think is supposed to show up somewhere. That's right. Um, and uh, who else? There's someone else. Uh, oh, who's the scroll? Hulkling, Hulkling. I bet Hulkling turns Hulkling, up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who's. So I, be, I think it's definitely coming. Yeah, for sure. All right, are are we ready to rate this out of six Infinity Stones? I'm I'm ready. Do we want to get any last last thoughts out there. All right, we'll we'll go through uh, last thoughts as we rate them. So, Chris. As we do on this podcast, we rate each of these episodes out of six Infinity Stones. What is your rating for episode six? Okay. Um, so I think I I gave episode 
whatever the last one I was on a four. Um, I was bummed that they kind of skipped the early nineties, especially with the Olsen connection. Um, that seemed like kind of a no brainer. So I was bummed about that. The intro made me realize how much I don't like Malcolm in the middle. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, same and actually. Like how much I don't like that style of, of uh TV show. Everything's so extreme. Yeah. Oh God. Brink to the max. <laughs> anyway. Um, I honestly didn't like this episode wow. that much. Uh, really? Yeah. Wow. I, I didn't, it was like, it didn't give me enough from either inside or outside yeah. and the inside stuff just bugged me. Like all the kids running around were annoying. It didn't answer any <laughs> questions really. No. Yeah. And, uh, and it didn't even like set up good questions to be answered in my opinion. So I'm going to give this one a two. Wow. What? A two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is my, my least gosh. favorite episode. I, I, I've rewatched every single episode. This one I'm not going to rewatch. This is my least favorite. Wow. All right. All right. Two from Chris. This that's insane. Least favorite episode. Um, Eric, what do we got? What do we got from you for this episode? Um, yeah. So I, what's funny is I agree with pretty much everything Chris just said, but I, I still really enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I guess I pretty much said everything, uh, I, w- I want to say about it. I, I certainly had its issues and definitely presented even more questions than answering literally anything, but I really liked it a lot. I loved seeing the, uh, the kids get powers. I think that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm going to give this one a, a five again. This is a, f- yeah, this is a five out of six. I love it. Um, I'll, I'll say my, my recap. And then I have a quote here that I wrote down before, before I even asked what the ratings would be. Um, I love this episode. I've never been a big Malcolm in the middle fan, but like that didn't really bother me. I loved the comic accurate outfits. We saw Quicksilver, Scarlet, Witch, Wiccan speed. Uh, we saw lots of super speed. We saw both the kids getting their powers. Love that. Like really love that. Agree with you there, Eric. Um, the conversations between Pietro and Wanda, like to me answered a lot of questions and kind of started some more questions at the same time. Um, and so I really liked that. It kind of helped me frame like what's going on. I thought the balance between here uh, in Westview and outside of Westview was good. Um, you know, the hex getting bigger was crazy. Vision actually trying to leave was crazy. Um, and then the whole scene with Agnes was just like really spooky. Um, I had a conversation with my partner, Amelia before the, before the podcast, I literally said, quote, I don't know how anyone could ask for anything more from this episode. (laughs) Wow. Dude, if you give this solid six, solid six, dude, you're the most easily, like easily impressed person of all time. Your ratings mean literally nothing. Yeah. (laughs) If you give everything a six, then man, I, I loved this episode oh my wholeheartedly. God, I have, and I will, I, I will not, Television I will not regret perfection. that choice. I love it. Wow. Well, no, Insane. I mean, like, here's the thing. I'm not saying it's like, like, this is like, it's not like it's like the greatest show of all time, right? It's just like 
within the context of the show, like it's a great episode. I've watched it several times already and I loved it. You know, I mean, it just had everything if, I wanted. If if the next episode was the greatest episode in the history of television, it would get the same yeah, score from you I'm as saying. this one. So, yeah, what you are saying <laughs> is that you think it is the greatest episode in the history of television. That's what it's six equivalent. out of six means. It means it can't get better. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, haters going to hate, uh, y'all. I really love this episode, and, and I will stand by my vote. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh, voting is so scary. I mean, Eric gave it a five, so it's not like he's disagreeing with me that much. I am v- wholeheartedly disagreeing with you giving every episode of this fucking show a perfect score. That is insane. Yeah. I gave the last one a five. That is absolutely think... only because you knew you'd get roasted. <laughs> I, <laughs> like you're getting right I now. Up, I could up my score to maybe a three, but I. Yeah, no. No way is it a six. There's, just, there's absolutely no way I watch that episode and go, yeah, this is only a 50 out of 100. Like, I don't know how you'd, like, oh, like, that's not even a passing grade. That's crazy to me. That's more crazy than me giving it a six. Dude, no, it's not. <laughs> you guys, no, you guys are both not. insane. All I mean, right, I'm let's, not, yeah, I'm not grading let's move it on, on to recommendations. <laughs> yeah. Haters gonna hate. All right, <sighs> what do we got off. to recommend this week, Chris? All right, so... If you don't have HBO Max, get HBO Max or steal it from a friend who has it. You're about um, to recommend what I was going to recommend, you motherfucker. There are a few things on HBO Max, two things specifically that – and I'm not going to recommend what Eric is going <laughs> to recommend. Um, one is a uh, Danish show called The Investigation, which is based on a true crime that happened um, and – Oh, gosh, is it in Copenhagen? I can't remember. Uh, but this journalist back a few years back got on a homemade submarine and was murdered. And uh, so if that if that doesn't doesn't intrigue you already, um, homemade submarine <laughs> yes, is the phrase I ever want to hear. I know. She was doing a story on this guy who made a homemade submarine, and then she disappeared. And so that's what this show is about. It's on Mondays at 10 Eastern, I think. There are two out of the six episodes have aired so far, um, and it's getting good. Uh, I did read about like the crime a little bit, and I read about the show a little bit. Uh, not that this is a spoiler or anything, but I do like um, I do like what the show creator has said. He said the um, killer doesn't get any screen time because this show is about the investigation itself and he wanted it to be about heroes and not about the guy who murdered wow. her which i thought was a great way because we are we are constantly just like so into ted bundy yeah. and you know like it's it's always about the guy who murders and and uh we fetishize serial yes, killers so yeah. much so much in this country and so this one goes the complete opposite and doesn't ever mention his name or show him on screen which i think is great um it it is subtitled uh so if if that's a deal breaker for you don't even bother but um i i do i have been really enjoying it so far the other thing on hbo they have all the dc stuff right now and uh my wife and i have been watching a few animated shows uh, I've been watching Batman, the animated series from the beginning by myself. And then uh, my wife and I have been watching Batman beyond, yeah. which both of which are so, so good. good. Oh my gosh. So good. So those are, those are what, uh, have been playing on my television screen. 
And it's been a pretty dang good week media-wise in the McGraw household. Wow, but not as good as Spider-Woman, right? <laughs> oh, Spider-Woman so bad. Oh, man, so bad. Amazing. All right, good recommendations. Get HBO Max, but hopefully you don't have to pay for it. All right, Eric, what do you got? All right, so um, as I mentioned on this podcast, I have been tracking all of my media consumption with the exception of music because that would be quite literally impossible. Um, so I'm tracking books, video games, TV, and movies. Uh, over the past week, I watched the first movie I've watched of the year um, on HBO Max. It is called The Little Things. Uh, it's a good movie. It's a, it's a, it's a very good movie. I, I liked it. It stars Denzel Washington and, uh, Ra- I never know how to pronounce his name, Rami Malek and, um, Jared Leto. And, uh, it's super good. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a, like a character study of this, like, uh, detective, um, who he kind of has like a, uh, like a like a seedy past i i guess not even seedy just you Mm. you can tell you can tell that uh the character i'm referring to is denzel washington character denzel washington's character the the it starts with him going to a different city where he used to be from that clearly he has some connection to and throughout the movie you start to understand what that is and um yeah speaking of like fetishist fetishizing serial killers um one of the one of the characters in this movie certainly does that um but yeah super super interesting movie it's very good and uh so i'm i'm i will say i rated it i'm also rating all the media that i finish i rated it a seven out of ten because i don't overrate things I think it's on point that you would rate it a seven out of ten, uh, given uh, it has a, a Rotten Tomato score below fifty percent. So, wow, really? That actually surprises me. Below fifty? It actually kind of surprised me too, to be honest. But yeah. I just had I to get the dig movie in. I watched that movie, and it, the Rotten Tomato score does not fit. Yeah, that it does. Movie. That does not deserve a below fifty. But it's not. It's not the greatest movie I've ever seen. But it's good. Yeah, no, it seems like a lot of people are around that that range that you mentioned there. So I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's, it's that solid. would be a uh, 4.2 out of 6 Infinity Stones if we're doing the conversion. Oh, okay. 4 well, out of 6. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably give it a 4 out of 6 Infinity Stones. It sounds about right. All righty. Good shit. The Little Things. That's what that was called, The right? Little Things, yeah. yes. All right. Um, I'm going to continue down my comic recommendations, so I haven't read it yet. I just got a couple books. Um, I got Young Avengers by Alan Heinberg and oh. Jim Chung, which is like the first like uh, the first volume that was ever created of Young Avengers. And so I believe that came out in 2005. So basically after watching this episode, I was like, OK, I need to know more about these characters because I don't know anything about them. So I, I picked up that book on Amazon. Um, and then I also picked up the uh, classic series Vision and the Scarlet Witch, which is about 12 issues long. So I'm going to be reading that this week. Um, that one came out in the 80s. And so um, I think that's the first time that Billy and Tommy are actually born. Um, And I believe they die in that series. I'm not sure uh, if that was kind of the whole thing or they die later on at some point because basically it didn't stick in comic canon or something like that. I don't know, but I don't I don't know the details for it. So I picked up those books. I'm going to read them this week um, because I think just seeing seeing those boys with superpowers got me really hyped and I was super excited about it. 
So looking forward to reading those. And so I'll let you know how, how those turn out this, this next episode. Can I, so this is, maybe this is a cop out because this is kind of a secondary recommendation, but it's more, I'm recommending this to you personally, Tom, if you've never read the Wolverine and the X-Men series, um oh, i love that series that's dude, really it's good so good it, it just got me thinking about it like uh if anybody really likes the idea of like coming of age superheroes basically um that series is maybe my all-time favorite uh certainly certainly one of my favorites um it's wolverine uh during this part of the marvel universe is the headmaster of the latest Charles Xavier school for, for mutants. And it's just nothing but shenanigans of, of super powered kids and Wolverine and, and Kitty pride. And, and I think Beast just trying to figure out like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> and, uh, it's super, super, super good. Um, similar to what I imagine the tone of young Avengers will be. And, and I, I'm, looking forward to hearing your review of that tom because if it if it is i will check that out soon as well yeah no absolutely i think um i think that book was written by jason aaron right because you recommended wolverine to that wolverine and the x-men to me did i that doesn't uh, surprise year, me i really love it yeah years ago and i remember picking it up and really enjoying it and so yeah definitely highly recommend that one as well um but yeah i'll let you guys know what i think we'll see nice all right I think that's a wrap for this week, folks. Yeah. Did we get any? Uh, did we get any like emails oh, or tweets or anything? Yeah. You know what? There was actually a, a comment on Twitter. Which, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us at uh, Infinity Rewatch on Twitter, or you can shoot us an email, the Infinity Watch Podcast at Gmail dot com. Um, so I had mentioned last week my recommendation to our Lord and Savior Kevin Feige that we get some type of series, um, you know, that kind of serializes the MCU, basically a re-edit of the MCU so that, uh, you know, people could catch up and kind of, uh, you know, basically not have to watch all the movies in, you know, such a long span of time. Um, and we got a tweet at us. Let me see if I can find it. Do, 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 do. Right here. Um, maybe it's not right here. Where's my mentions? I'm not good at Twitter, guys. <laughs> Basically, it was a it was a mention uh, from one of from one of our fans who's reached out before as well. So thanks for the shout out. Um, it was saying, oh, I think I found it. This is from Clay Scarface, which we talked about. Uh, we talked about a tweet previously. It says, "FYI, for Tom's recommendation from last episode, they actually have a new Legends series on Disney Plus to introduce various characters in upcoming projects." And so, um, I actually have watched the first two episodes of that on Disney Plus. It's called Marvel Legends, and the only two episodes out—they're about eight minutes long or so—and it's for uh, Wanda and Vision. It's basically like a super cut that basically in eight minutes tells you the background on these characters, um, which is super cool for if you have no idea what's going on. Um, but at the same time, if you've only watched those, I feel like you're still missing out on 70 percent of like <laughs> yeah, what would make this show great. Um, and so Kevin Feige, you still got some work to do, bud. but drop Black Widow first. Yes, please. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> Tired of waiting. Tired of waiting. So thanks for the shout out. Um, if you want to 
tell us how wrong or right we are. And by that, I mean, just tell us how right we are. Um, reach out to us on Twitter or uh, at our email, the infinity watch podcast at gmail.com. Good shit. All right. Until next time, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm here. I'm not a cat.